Hey everybody, good to have you back with us again. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. This is a show about the movies, and we love talking about the movies. Today, Ann, we're yep. going to discuss a Martin Scorsese film called The Wolf of Wall Street. And what a movie it is. What a Let's movie it is indeed. Let's start with the fact that it's three hours. Yes, two hours and 58 minutes is what I have here. It's a long movie, and I don't care how great any movie is, it's got to be shorter than that. Even Gone with the Wind, they could have cut something. However, having said that, this is a very profane, very raunchy movie. Mm -hmm. Like it or lump it, you are going to be entertained. Because it stars Leonardo DiCaprio. And we've been looking at him for a long, long time Correct. since Gilbert Grape. Oh, A Boy's Life. Yes. This is far and away his best performance. I agree. He's astonishing. He plays a guy named Jordan Belfort. This is a real person, and it's basically a true story. Based on his memoir. Yeah. He was a stockbroker on Wall Street. He didn't start out that way. He started out selling penny stocks to suckers on the telephone. It was astonishing to watch him do that. And of course, he built it into a multi, multi, multi million dollar business. What basically happens in this film is all these guys on Wall Street who were making money hand over fist became very, very depraved. There was a lot of alcohol. There mm -hmm. was a lot of sex. There was a lot of group sex. There was a lot of drugs. As I say, it's a pretty raunchy movie, so I couldn't recommend it to people who are going to be offended by it. I wasn't offended. I was frankly shocked by a lot of it. You were. Yes, I was. I wasn't at all, by the way. I thought this movie well, was... Well, you're, you're a crazy lady. What can I tell you? Well, I thought this was a big, brash, bombastic film about the depravity of greed and the fact that this character, Jordan Belfort, really was addicted to sex, drugs, as the phrase continues to be, rock and roll. Yes. But in this case, it was quaaludes, scotch, fast chicks, chicks in the night. The movie really was part Goodfellas, which Scorsese directed, part Caligula, yes. <laughs> which he didn't direct, right. part Gordon Gecko of Wall Street, again, not a Scorsese film, and part Casino, which, of course, Martin Scorsese did. I thought there were elements of all four of those dramatic pieces that went into this film. The difference was that The Wolf of Wall Street was screamingly funny much of the time. That separated this film from some of Scorsese's other works, which are usually grim and dark, and they're morally depraved. He certainly takes great glee in presenting oh, absolutely. the dark side of sure. life. But this one had so many sequences where the colleagues of Belfort, the guys that Leo DiCaprio, as that character, hires to be his salesman. Bums, by the way. They're all oily. <laughs> yes. They are the sleaziest bunch of guys. And even though they eventually trade in their tacky leisure suits for $2,000 Armani's, they still don't lose their hucksterism. Not at all. Not at all. Let's talk about the cast for a Please minute. do. And let's talk about the wonderful... I'll give you his initials, J.H. <laughs> Guess who? <laughs> right. Leonardo DiCaprio playing Jordan Belfort, and he is surrounded by some fascinating people. Jonah Hill gets second billing in this film, and he deserves it. This is a guy who has not always entertained me in films. He bothered me in a couple. I liked him in a couple, like Moneyball. He is fabulous in this. He plays Donnie Azoff. Former furniture salesman. Absolutely. <laughs> And he's got these shockingly white teeth. Obviously phonies. Right, sure. But that's all part of his character. Everything he does is funny. 
Fun thing about Jonah Hill and about all the guys that surround Belfort is they're so loose. I mean, Mm -hmm. they hug each other, they kiss each other, they wrestle on the floor, they fight, they push each other. It's absolutely astonishing. It gets funnier every time it happens. They sure know how to enjoy a good time, these guys. Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, the office is a den of pleasure. That's one of the things that made me laugh so hard because it was so over the top. That would never really happen in an office on Wall Street. It's like a Hefner slumber party in there. Right. Chicks running around half naked, the booze, the quaaludes, the champagne. There wasn't anything that these guys didn't do to have a good time. Right. To relish in their success at bilking all of these poor schnooks who gave them millions of dollars to invest in totally worthless stock. And they know it's worthless. The suckers didn't know, but the guys, of course, knew. One of the things that Jordan Belfort gets really enamored with in this film, now we see him with a lot of very attractive women, but he winds up marrying a lady named Naomi, played by an Australian actress named Margot Robbie. Hello. Boy, (laughs) is she gorgeous. She's kind of a Barbie doll type. Yes, definitely. Oh, sure. Beautiful blonde, great face, great body. He's besotted with her. Yes. Well, who wouldn't be? Well, I think we were all besotted with her a little bit. so gorgeous. And the neat thing about her as an actress, she's Australian, and you would never know that she didn't live in Brooklyn all her life. Oh, she nailed that accent perfectly. She's really talented, and she's only 23, by the way. This is a girl you can look forward to seeing quite a bit more of. Although you saw pretty much everything about this girl. (laughs) That's true. The character named Mark Hanna in the film, who introduced Jordan Belfort to this life, Mm -hmm. was his supervisor at his first job, played by Matthew McConaughey. He's only in the movie for about eight or nine minutes. Wow, was he wonderful. This guy has blossomed as an actor in the last two years. Mm -hmm. They're sitting in a restaurant, and he starts (laughs) chanting and pounding himself on the chest. And nobody looks up, because everybody does that. It really was a lot of fun. I like the character that was played by Kyle Chandler, the FBI agent who is fast on the trail, because he smells illegal maneuverings all over the place (laughs) from this phony baloney firm founded by Belfort called Stratton Oakmont, which has a very prestigious old moneyed name and of course they're just dealing in phony stock right and i thought he did a great job as patrick denham the fbi agent right another guy that you don't see on screen that much anymore but i really loved what he did here and it's a pretty large role rob reiner yes he plays the father of jordan belfort he's terrific he sees his son going down the drain (laughs) he doesn't approve of it but he loves the kid so much that he would do anything for him it's really a very interesting film, man. When I saw it, I sat there, I went, ew, about a couple of things in there. I was a little bit turned off by it, but the more I've thought about it, the more entertaining it is. So if you want to really have a good time at the movies, this is nothing but entertainment. Yes, there's a lot about greed. There's a lot about... Depravity. Right. That's fine. Well, I think Scorsese's point is in the second half of the movie. The first half is really Belfort's rise up the corporate ladder of success. Right. The second part of the film really is a very clear picture of his fall. And I think that's an important moral point here. It's not all fun and games. You see that he has to pay for his sins. It's also a point that Scorsese makes is just how traumatizing Belfort's behavior can be to those 
who love him or are part of his family. Right. Because once he's fueled by alcohol and quaaludes, he is completely out of control. This is a walk on the wild side. Oh, sure. The scene towards the end where he overdoses on quaaludes? Yes. Wow. There's still some funny stuff with him trying to crawl out of the country club, (laughs) thinking that he can make it home in his fancy sports car, and believing that he made it home without getting a scratch on the car, and then realizing the next morning when he sobers up, that's not the case at all. I want to point out one other scene that I thought was really, really wonderful in terms of the way that the humor and plot of this movie was sculptured. The scene when Belfort invites the FBI guy and his colleague to have a meeting with him to discuss their investigation on his yacht. It was such a brilliantly conceived concept here, this scene, because the FBI guys were clearly out of their league and Belfort wanted to lord his wealth over guys who might bring him down. I thought that was such a clever way for us to see that these poor FBI guys are never going to make more than a five-figure, six-figure salary. Right. And here's this guy, billionaire, showing them anything they want. He's tossing his $100 bills into the water. Correct. Like they were garbage. And he also offered them any kind of food. Lobster was so excessive. And of course, these straight-arrowed, Dudley Do-Right kind of guys wouldn't dare do anything because it would possibly put them in the light of accepting a bribe. Right. And so they couldn't fully enjoyed themselves on the yacht. Yeah. But it was a very, very well done scene. This is Leo DiCaprio's finest three hours on film. I understand the film actually runs originally four and a half hours. And it took Scorsese a number of years to get this film made. So I give him a lot of credit because I know a lot of thought went into this movie. It's not just fun and games and a walk on the wild side. There is a price to be paid. And that's part of the cautionary tale that we have here. It does prove to me that Scorsese is truly the master of his craft. There's no question about that. If you look back on his career over the last 30 years, he's done some things that I didn't particularly like, done some things that I loved. Raging Bull, Goodfellas, wow. Mean Streets, that was wonderful, wonderful stuff. Yeah. So what color light are we giving this? What color light? Mm -hmm. I thought about it for a long while after you and I talked, and I said that I wasn't as thrilled with the movie as you are. Still not that thrilled because you adored this movie. I I don't adore it, but I liked it a lot. It's very, very well done. It's how one makes movies. And therefore, I've got to give this a green light, warning you that you're going to be grossed out. Well, there are a lot of films that are grossed out. Yes, sure. And this is not particularly different from the current spate of films that just throw the F-bomb around and do it in a way that is not nearly as clever as this movie. That part really didn't bother me so much. This is an R-rated film. Some people have said it should have been an X-rated film. Come on, folks. It's It's not not X. It's not an X-rated film. I think it's terrible funny. It's a cautionary tale because we really know that greed is on the corner of everyone's life. It's just around the bend, isn't it? Sure. For everybody to fall for that. And that was indeed Belfort's true addiction, money. I think it was mesmerizing. I think it's an unforgettable film. So for me, Wolf, like the color of money, gets a green light. Okay. Two green lights for the Wolf of Wall Street. Wow. Well, we're going to be back to review another film very, very shortly. We hope you will join us at that time. Until then, I'm Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. 
and Greenlight Reviews hopes that you get every bit as rich as these other guys were. <laughs> but and, on the level. <laughs> yes, but on the level. So you can afford to go to the movies. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.